and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to give online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. I have spent a long time preparing this message and I feel like God's all over it. So um, I'm excited and anxious to see what God's going to do tonight. But I want to talk about Um, I want to tell you a story of something that happened a few months ago. So it's the middle of the night, and we hear this loud crash. It wakes up everybody in the house. And I look at the clock, it's 1 a.m. I'm like, what in the world? I mean, it was loud, and it was big. And so I sent Clint out. (laughs) I said, Clint, go see what that was. And he came back and he said, I don't see anything. There's nothing there. And I'm like, okay. He goes back to sleep. I'm awake for another hour, but I'm too scared to go see what it was and ended up just sleeping the rest of the night. And 6 a.m., I hear this clinking noise. Just clink, 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 clink. I'm trying to sleep. And so I go out to see what in the world this clinking noise is. And Clint is in the dining room picking up dishes off of the floor, like little tiny pieces of dishes all over the dining room floor. And I turned around and went back in the bedroom. (laughs) I, I couldn't deal with it at the time. And he was in front of our hutch. And I have a hutch that my nephew made for me when he was in high school. I've had it for a long time. And uh, the glass shelf broke in half. It just split in half. And everything came crashing down in the middle of the night. Yeah, those are my dishes. My heirloom dishes. My crystal dishes that were handed down from my mother-in-law and from my mom, and they're all in pieces. So so I went back into the bedroom. Believe it or not, I slept for another hour. (laughs) And when I woke up, I came back out, went out to the dining room, and just started picking up dishes. And God started talking to me. And I mean, I was not, I wasn't heartbroken about the dishes because I've learned to hold on to things loosely. I hold on to people tightly, but I hold on to things loosely. And so I wasn't heartbroken about the dishes. It was okay. But God started talking to me about brokenness that I have experienced in my life. And taken me through my life in places that I have been broken and talking to me about people that are broken. And it was a powerful time. And he also talked to me about a teapot that was in my hutch. It was a beautiful teapot. Don't show the picture yet. When I, a few things, I want to tell you about a few things that I've experienced and where I've been broken. When I was 20 and I was single, I had a miscarriage. 
I got married when I was 26. I was married for nine and a half years and my husband died in a horrific car accident. I got remarried into a step family. If you are part of a step family, you know that it's hard. Some are harder than others, but ours was just hard. <laughs> it was just hard. And, but as I'm picking up these dishes, I found pieces of this teapot, this pretty little teapot that I just, I really liked my teapot. And um, God started talking to me about putting this teapot back together. And so I'm sorting through all the pieces, separating them, and, and I found the pieces for the teapot. And I started putting it back together and God started talking to me some more about healing my brokenness and what that looks like. And it was so good. <laughs> and there are people in this world that are broken and shattered. And he wants to put people back together. So this is what my teapot looks like now. Isn't it pretty? I like it the way it is now. There's light shining through the cracks. There's light shining through the brokenness. There's beauty in it. Because God brings beauty out of brokenness. I will have that teapot for a long time. Tonight I want to talk about what it means and what it looks like to love the broken. But I want to um, remind you that we're in a series called Top Priorities. Last week, Clint talked about loving our neighbors and what that looks like, loving the people around us. But tonight I'm talking about loving the broken. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to be funny tonight because quite frankly, it's a heavy subject. And I was going, as I was preparing, I was like, God, can I just do something funny, do something, you know, to lighten it up a little bit? I had nothing. <laughs> I just don't. But I want to pray first, because I feel like God wants to do something tonight. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you speak to hearts? Would you soften hearts? You have something for us tonight, and God, I just want you to use me. I am your vessel, Lord. I want my words to be your words. I want my actions to be your actions. In Jesus' name, amen. So going to your fill-in, your first fill-in is, we can love the broken and hurting by le learning their story. Take time to understand people. Take time to sit down with someone and listen to their story. I have a story, you all have a story, everybody in the world has a story. As long as you are alive and breathing, as long as you have ever lived, you have a story. 
We all have stories to tell. We all have a story that needs to be heard. It's not all pretty, but it still needs to be heard. And it takes time to listen to people, but everybody wants to be heard. I'll read scripture, John 8, verses 1 through 11. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were, accusing this question, they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. They wanted to accuse Jesus. But Jesus bent down and started to write in the ground with his finger. Then he kept on, when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Basically, if you're sin free, go ahead and accuse her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, declared Jesus. Now go and leave your life of sin. Because Jesus is God, and he knows everything, he knew her story. He didn't have to ask her. He didn't have to take time to sit down and listen to her. Because he's God, he already knew where she was coming from. He knew where she had been. He knew what life was like for her. She may have been from an abusive family. She may have been from a bad relationship. We don't know what her marriage was like. We don't know how she grew up. But Jesus knew. And he didn't condemn her for her actions. He had grace. He loved her through grace. She may have been looking for someone to love her, but he still loved her through grace. Your next fill-in, understanding gives us the ability to extend grace. When we understand some person's story, somebody who has hurt, her, hurt us, someone who's done us wrong, if we know their story and understand where they've been and where they're coming from, it's easier to extend grace. Understanding helps us to have more grace for the hurting and the broken. We've all been hurt by people. I have. But it takes time, it takes energy to see them the way God sees them, to see where they've been. And quite frankly, learning their story, listening to their story, can bring healing to the relationship. It really can. 
I'm reading a book by Stephen Furtick called Unqualified. And he has a quote in there that I just, it caught me. And he says, Jesus came to put hands and feet on God's love for broken mankind. Jesus loved to be with mean people, selfish people, addicted people, and bad people. Basically the kind of people we don't like to be with. Jesus loved being with them. He wasn't turned off by the stigma or the stench. He spent his days with the rejected and the ruined. He met people in their messes, and his wholehearted acceptance and love changed them forever. He hung out with these people, and he loved them because he knew their stories, and he knew the potential they had. He knew that they all had a destiny, a purpose in life. I'm going to tell you a story about me. It happened when I was 20. I was 20 years old, and I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. And I hooked up with this guy, and we were dating a couple months. And a couple months into the relationship, I got pregnant by an alcoholic and drug-addicted boyfriend. I was the talk of the town. I grew up in a small town where everybody knew each other. My boyfriend was the town mechanic that everybody knew. Everybody liked him, great guy. My dad was the town electrician. Everybody loved my dad. I had these two connections and I was in the middle. So everybody knew me and I had a reputation in this small town. So my, my friends left me because they didn't know how to handle this. So I was going through this pregnancy alone. And, but I kept hanging out with my friends, my boyfriend's friends, because they still accepted me. They still wanted to hang out with me. Because they, you know, it was fine. <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. But five months into the pregnancy, I had a traumatic miscarriage of baby Austin. It was rough. It was hard. I was broken. I came home from the hospital and I went into my bedroom and closed the door and I shut God out. I was mad at him. Like, how dare you do this to me? Even though I knew I was going to be a single mom, I still love that baby. How dare you take that baby away from me? I was mad. And I was grieving. So I shut him out. I spent some time with Jesus this week because I was struggling with telling this story. I'm like, yeah, really, God? <laughs> of all the stories I could tell, you want me to tell this one. So I spent some time with him this week, and he showed me what happened when I shut him out of that bedroom. He doesn't stay out. He didn't stay out. My friend Susie came to visit me, and she sat on my bed with me, and she listened to me. 
She listened to what it was like to lose my baby. She listened to my story and she cried with me. She didn't say anything. She just listened to me. God came in. Later on, my oldest brother came in. Well, he stopped by to see me. I'm in my bedroom. He knocks on the door. I open it up. I saw it was him, and he didn't say a word. He just held me while I cried. God came in. God comes in through us. He comes into the broken places through other people like us. He wants to use us to love the broken. Our story is important. Their story is important. There are people out there who have shut God out. Oh my goodness. So many people who are angry with him because they have been through stuff that nobody should go through. So they've shut him out because they're angry and bitter and broken. We can take Jesus to them. We can go through that closed door. We can go through that locked door, go through that wall, and be Jesus to them, just like my friend Susie and my brother. Have you ever had someone be Jesus to you when you were shutting them out? Take time to listen to people's stories. I'm sorry, this is really heavy. Take time to listen to people's stories. They need to be heard. I'm going to move on to point two. We can love the broken and the hurting by choosing to forgive. So when Jesus was on the cross, he took that road to the cross. He was beaten. His body was almost literally broken. His heart was broken for us. That's why he went through it. And then he's on the cross. He's got the soldiers laughing at him, making fun of him. And he still did it. Luke 23, verse 34, he says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. The soldiers, they were just doing their job. The people had no idea that this was the Messiah. They were killing the savior of the world. They didn't know what they were doing, but he still forgave them. We have people in our lives who don't know what they're doing when they hurt us. 
There's a saying that says, hurt people hurt people. I've been hurt, and so I've hurt other people because of my pain. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes not intentionally. Hurt people hurt people. People have been abused, people have been rejected, people have been neglected. They've been betrayed, they've been bullied. I've been all those things. People's responses, people's actions reveal what's inside them. What's inside, what goes in must come out, right? It has to come out somehow, and it comes out in ugly ways sometimes. Really ugly ways sometimes. But Jesus says to forgive. Forgiveness is expected. Because that's what Jesus says. But trust is earned. There's a thing called boundaries. Even though we need to forgive, Jesus doesn't say we need to trust everyone. We are to trust him. But we don't have to trust everyone that's hurt us. There's boundaries that need to be put in place for some people. But there are also many times when forgiveness just heals the relationship, and it's really cool when that happens. So what is forgiveness? What does forgiveness look like? Forgiveness doesn't justify them. That's your next villain. It does not justify their actions, period. It's not your job to judge them. It's your job to forgive them for what they've done. Jesus could have hung on that cross and he could have judged everybody. You know, he could have gotten off there and, you know, he could do whatever he wants but he chose to forgive. What an amazing example he is of forgiveness. If he can do that, what stops us from forgiving people who have hurt us? I know sometimes it goes really deep. Luke 6, 36, be merciful just as your father is merciful. Forgiveness doesn't justify them or their actions. Your next fill in, forgiveness recognizes that the person is not the enemy. Ephesians 6, 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Truth is that we have an enemy, and it's not the person that has hurt you. They are acting out of their pain. 
And sometimes they're partnering with Satan. They're not your enemy. I have fought the spiritual battle on a regular basis many times in relationships. Satan is real. <laughs> he will fight to take you down, but you gotta fight back. It's a battle. He's the enemy. Forgiveness brings freedom. I love this one. Forgiveness brings freedom. Out of everything that forgiveness does, this is my favorite. Take the other person off of your hook, because when we're not forgiving that person, we're placing them on a hook, and we're taking ownership of what they've done. Take them off of your hook and put them on God's hook. Let God deal with them. God knows their story. He knows their situation. He knows what they're going through. He knows how to take care of it better than you do. Take them off the hook, guys. That's what forgiveness does. Forgiveness frees you from anger. It frees you from bitterness. It frees you from resentment. It brings freedom. This was a really hard one for me to learn. Forgiveness can be really hard, but it's a choice that we need to make if we wanna be free. It's not necessarily about the other person, it's about you and your relationship with God. That's what it's about. It brings freedom in your relationship with God freedom to grow, freedom to be who God created you to be, a freedom to move forward and be who he's called you to be. And I'm telling you, had I not <laughs> learned how to forgive, I would not be standing here in front of you. It's just that simple. Because I would be living in anger and bitterness and resentment, I would not be standing because God doesn't honor that. a hard one to learn, but it's so necessary. Be willing to walk in freedom through forgiveness. And you have to learn to trust God in that process. Let him free you. I heard this quote, to forgive is to set a prisoner free. This is your last fill in. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. When we forgive, we can get out of that cage of unforgiveness. There's a lot of freedom in it. It's really awesome when we get to that point of being able to do that and experience that. So to sum, them up, sum of this up, we can love the broken and hurting by learning their story. Take time to listen. Take time to spend time with people. 
hear him out, and choose to forgive. Forgiveness is expected. It's expected, but also learn boundaries if you need to. Learn how to earn trust if you need to. Um, to close, we're going to watch a video. Um, it's a video by Casting Crowns. It's um, a song called, Does Anybody See Her? And I feel like it just wraps everything up. And um, learning how to love the broken, um, take time to be with the broken. All right, so we're going to have an opportunity to respond to what maybe God has been saying to you uh, this evening. If we're going to be a church that really cares for people like that, then I think tonight is an opportunity for us to deal with a little bit of soul care, you know, a little bit of our own hearts. So um, Rose talked a lot about forgiveness. You know, hurt people hurt people. And so I'm sure in a group this size, there are several of us who have been hurt by other people. And um, if we're going to have the kind of love that God wants us to have for our community, for the city of Elkhart, for this county, um, we're going to have to forgive the people who have hurt us. And so I've asked Rose if she'd be willing to, to pray with you if you know that tonight you got to deal with some forgiveness. You got to let God do some, some work on your heart. Um, and we're just going to, we're going to have that time of prayer. So, um, if that's you, I want to invite you to come up right now just be brave and come on up here and let Rose pray for you. And we're going to dismiss then. Is there anyone that you know that you just need to forgive somebody? Anyone? It only takes one to get this started. Be the brave one. Yeah, come on up. Thank you, guys. Just, just come over here and stand. Rose, why don't you go up here? If you know that there's someone who's hurt you and you want God to work in your heart, to soften your heart, I want to invite you to come on up. Is there anyone else? Yeah. Thanks, Neil. Anyone else? God can soften our hearts in a moment. There's a scripture that says he can take our heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh. And if we're going to be, again, the kind of people that love the broken, we have to have a soft heart. And that starts with forgiveness. Is there anyone else that you know you're just supposed to come up? You may not even recognize who the person is. and maybe just a life of hurt. And you just know you need to forgive some people. Anyone else? Let's all stand, by the way. Let's all stand. Anyone else want to come up for this prayer? I just feel like the Lord is saying there's no shame. There's no shame in needing to forgive. Every single person in this room has been in a place of needing to forgive someone. I have been there, quite frankly, hundreds of times. <laughs> so there's no shame.
So I'm going to start praying up here. You are more than welcome to come up. I'd love to pray for you. And if there's anything else that you guys need prayer for, I'd encourage you to come up and sit in the front row. Anyone else want to come up here for prayer, though? But you can come up and sit in the front row after service, and our prayer team will pray with you. All right, so let me pray, and then we'll be dismissed, and then you guys can come up for more prayer if you want it. So, Lord, we come to you, and we thank you for Rose's message tonight. We thank you for what you put on our heart. We thank you for her transparency. And God, we thank you for uh, working in our hearts that we would be the kind of church that loves the broken, that loves the unlovable, that loves those that, because of their brokenness, they hurt, they reach out, they, they strike. That we would have, I pray God, that we would be the kind of church that is able to turn the other cheek, that is able to extend grace, that is able to forgive, that able to take the time to hear their story. So, Father, we thank you for that message. I pray that you change our hearts to be that kind of church, that we go out and leave here tonight and recognize the people that are broken. Maybe we need to make a phone call on our way home to somebody and begin to make amends so that, God, you can soften our hearts. So we thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to be doing, Father. Be with us as we go. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for being here tonight. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to give online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.